Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on, man? What is up? Welcome, everyone, to episode numero uno of MMA Happy Hour. I'm with the one and only Monique Yip. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you. It's Friday. I mean, how can I not be good? <laughs> yeah, right. It's Friday. Uh, we have some wine to talk about. We have some mixed martial arts to talk about. And... Uh, yeah, if you like wine, you like MMA, you're in the right place. You've been a busy lady today. I saw you all over the place. Where, where have you been? Who have you been co-hosting with today? Did I did I lose you there? Yeah, yet? so basically okay. yesterday I was recording a podcast with Boncore Sports. You guys should check them out. They have really, really cool guests, especially from MMA Twitter that you would recognize. And today, I did a show with my buddy Cell. He has a show called The SM Show. It stands for his two initials. And we just talked about UFC 287. We broke down the entire card from top to bottom. And now I'm here doing this with you, our premiere of our own show, MMA Happy Hour, which I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be a really fun collaboration. And we do something that is really different from other shows, which is obviously our wine recommendations, as well as other hot button topics that we'll probably touch on like as the show progresses. Yes. So we have an hour with you. We're going to be short and sweet. Uh, there is one championships going on right now. I didn't even take a glance at that card. Uh, forgive me because I claim to be a mixed martial artist, a fan and aficionado, and I, how dare I not cover one? Have you looked at one at all? A little bit. I think the only thing I rec I recognized when it came to like the social media stuff was that Rotang is out of his fight, so that was disappointing because he's one of my favorites. Uh, what's it called? Have you tried the wine yet, or is this your first pour? Okay, so this is my first pour. I'm going to I'm going to let you have the mic here and, and tell everyone what's going on, because I'm not a, a white wine drinker, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, your wine. So floor is yours. 
Yeah, so a little bit about my background. I used to, before having my current job, I used to work at a liquor store for six years and I managed the vintage section, aka the more expensive wine section, if you want to call it that. So I do know my wines. I've been pretty much researching, doing my own tastings for about almost six years. And so the wine that I recommended is called the Tiefenbrunner Pinot Grigio. Now it has somewhat of a German type name but it actually comes from italy thank you for showing the bottle manny and it's a pinot grigio so it has some like apple pear kind of crisp taste to it i don't really i'm not really a fan of chardonnay or sauvignon blanc so when i go for a white i usually tend to go for a pinot grigio if i want something a little bit drier so this really pairs well with Pretty much any type of white meat, like obviously like chicken would be a good uh, substitute for this. Any salad would be really great for this. So anybody who's dieting or wants to eat healthier, a Pinot Grigio would be great because there's less sugar in it. And so, yeah, just a little bit of a little tidbit about wines in general. And so far when we're going to do this show, I'm probably going to just here and there punch in some facts about wine so just yeah bear with me guys if you guys are wine aficionados like please comment we would love to start a discussion about this before we start (laughs) our fight predictions well here let me first of all preface this boys by saying a little class and a little bit of culture in your life wouldn't hurt you especially if you're single boys okay if you're (laughs) single and you're looking to impress a lady it's not the sometimes, it, well, it's not always about the, the the cost of the gift. It's about knowing something. It's about going the extra little mile to say, here's some wine that goes well with this. And we're going to have, I don't know, a BYOB type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So. I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, it doesn't have to be wine. It could be something interesting, like another type of drink. Or even if you're a foodie, that would be great if you want to go ahead and explore new types of foods you know that's another thing so i guess coming from a woman like myself i definitely prefer you know people that are more adventurous when it comes to things so definitely if you know your wines or drinks like that's a hit in my books we're gonna jump right into ufc san antonio in just a second i want to give a shout out to those that are in the chat ice viking ma jesus saba you guys are awesome you guys are the ogs I've told you guys before, when this channel blows up and we're like recording from a studio in downtown LA or something, um, (laughs) why not dream big? Uh, You guys are the OGs and uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys are always here rooting us on and um, your support's awesome. Stay live in the chat. Keep cooking in there. We're going to jump right into UFC San Antonio, UFC Fight Night 222. I don't know. You can call it UFC a bunch of different things. San Hagen versus um, Cheeto Vera. We're going to skim through this thing because we have an hour with you guys. We, t- we do want to touch upon PFL as well and review what happened with Cage Warriors today. On that note, let's start with the prelim card. We lost a fight, Vidal versus Cowan. Uh, medical issue with Vidal. I-, I feel a little bad for Cowan because she had the medical issue. Now this happens. It's got to be frustrating cutting weight, doing extended camps again and again. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, I think you're frozen there for a second. <laughs> you there, Ma? You there, Monique? Hello? Hello? Well, if she's frozen, let me jump in here and tell you guys, we lost that bout. It's the first fight in the card. Let's go ahead and move on to the second fight in the card, which will now be the first fight. Victor Altamirano versus Vinicius Salvador. A fight that most people have as evenly matched, right? It's it's very closely matched. The money line suggests so. Minus 105, minus 115. I'm inclined to go with Alta Moreno. He's a bit of a tornado. He's Mexicans, and those Mexicans are so hot right now. They're so hot right now. So listen, I think this fight could it could go in Venetia's favor. Let's say he stays on the outside, lands the more quality punches, has the endurance and the and the cardio to go the full distance. I think I lost my co-host, but she'll be back. All that said, if that plays out, it could work in his favor. I see the fight actually not going the distance. Minus 200, under two and a half rounds is minus 140. I like those spots. Also like Victor Altamirano into the distance at plus 250. Um, There's a lot to like there in terms of violence. The fight getting ended in round three by Altamirano is plus 1100. You know, just something to think about. Someplace just to waste your money. You know what I mean? 
Um, so yeah, first fight in that card is going to be Victor versus Vinicius. Forgive me. Let me just make sure I'm getting my my co-host back. There she is. Okay. No worries. Gotcha. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um, I just skimmed over the first fight. Let's jump into the second fight. It was supposed to be Manuel Torres versus Trey Ogden, but we, did we lose that fight, though? Yeah, we lost that fight. Torres, I believe, had a medical issue. So. Wow. Okay, so another scratch. Now moving on to CJ Vergara versus Daniel Da Silva. Why don't you introduce that fight? Tell me what's up. Yeah, I have Vergara winning. I think he moves really well. He's super fast. His striking is impeccable, and he has that kind of TKO knockout power. So I definitely have him win, win this fight. No offense to his opponent. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for the prelims. I, I honestly skimmed past the prelims. I did my tape and, and fight analysis for that, but yeah. Okay. So. Okay, well, on the prelims, I'll tell you this. The dog that pops out to me is Lucas Alexander. It's not a huge dog. He's plus 125. Um, Markets moved around a little bit on that guy, but I do like him to win. I think Steven Peterson lacks a sense of urgency, uh, mm -hmm. gets into a lot of close fights, right? You know, um, and Lucas, you know, he's younger, 27. He's got a pep in his step. Steven Peterson, I'm going to compare him to a fighter we'll talk about a little later on in the PFL. Not all 32-year-old fighters are built the same. Some are 32 looking like they're 40. Some are 32 looking like they're early mm -hmm. 30s he's on the other he's on the older end of that side he just looks and moves and fights that like he's older so i think this is a good spot for lucas i'm not going to back the bank up on this thing but i like him as a dog in the prelim card yeah i agree i think that his opponent he has a lot of experience sure he's fought more experienced fighters but at the end of the day i think lucas is the more fresher fighter you know and so i think that will serve him well in this fight and i think he's gonna win also on the undercard, I want to talk about Tucker Lutz versus Daniel Pineda. I might be sharing the same sentiment as most people. When you watch film on Daniel Pineda, it's kind of scary. Like you're just like, holy, this 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 dude's violent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know just just violence. And what he did in the PFL, I know he was you know maybe on the gear and and he was you know you know failed some tests or whatever testosterone stuff, but he pulled apart Jeremy Kennedy, and then. Pretty much Mollywap, Mobi Kobolayev, both good fighters back to back, first round. And so I, I just think he's the kind of guy you don't want to bet too much against him. I think Lutz wins, but the better spot here, I think it's just a fight not going to the decision at minus 210. Mm -hmm. I think that with Daniel Pineda, the, you remember his fight where he did the crucifix and he had the elbows when he was doing the crucifix? That, to me, was, like, my favorite moment of his, and that's why I have him as a dog in this fight, you know, surprisingly. A lot of people probably wouldn't bet on him, and I honestly don't blame them. It's just that when I saw that moment, I was like, you know what? If he could do that, he could do that probably again. So, you know, give me I mean, data for that fight, yeah. And also the guillotine chokes. He's known for guillotines. Um People, I think the casuals like, oh, he's violent with the hands. His guillotine chokes nasty. Um, of his twenty-seven wins, I don't know how many are by finish, but he's got something crazy like thirteen or fourteen of his last uh, wins have all been by finish. It's just, yeah, he's a he's a violence machine. What I saw on film, though, one last thing on this fight, I saw that he slows down dramatically after round one. Yeah, and I think at thirty-seven, he's been in and out of the UFC. It's his second tour. Um, Lutz is cautious, mind you. So you see, if Lutz is a little bit more aggressive, then I would give even more of a chance to Pineda. Yeah, but Lutz is so like Lutz is that guy. You know, he's gonna play distance. He's gonna be smart. So unless he gets clipped by Pineda, I think we get into that round two and round three, and then Pineda's just too tired. You know, it's just that's just my analysis. <laughs> um, okay, so undercard. What else? No, I agree. Anything else on this on the card you want to talk about before we go into the main card? You know, we got Trevin Giles, Preston Parsons. You got, yeah, that's it because it got pulled apart. We lost two fights in the main card, so we have only three. What one, two, three? Only four bouts on the prelim card, huh? Sadness. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that until you brought it up. Yeah. Wait, we one, two. I mean, I'm, I think I'm miscounting. That's the wine talking. There's one, two, three, four. There's five bouts on the prelim <laughs> card. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I. Skip past one. Um, a reminder, if you guys don't mind me giving a plug real quick, my full tip sheets uh, for all of the events that we're talking about available in two places, our newsletter 
And then also on our Google Drive, there's a folder there you can open everything. And by the way, we'll get to it, but Cage Warriors, Will Curry main event, that was the difference between profitable and not. We'll get to that in a minute. We were we were we were on fire on that card, Monique, and it just all fell apart with Will Curry. Oh, <laughs> it, happens. it happens. Okay, so prelim card, we're gonna keep it moving. But again, if you want details, the tip sheet, whatever, check out the newsletter. A little secret about the newsletter too: you don't have to be subscribed, Monique. You could just mm -hmm. go there and actually open it and look at it, and never subscribe, never give us your data, never give up your secrets. Um, it'll be free forever, so it's okay, guys. If you don't want to subscribe, you don't want to help support the cause, but just go look at it for free, that's okay, too. All right. Um, main card. Why don't you give us the intro for the first fight the main card, Chitty Ninja Kwani versus Albert Durayev? You have a better pronunciation of his name, but Chitty Ninja <laughs> Kwani, which I think I pronounced it pretty good, is, good. I think, going to win by TKO. He has... A really well-rounded background you know he wants to get back into the fight the win column on the three fight win streak in the ufc was on one obviously before he lost he has really great elbows that overhand right is dangerous that ground and pound and those knees and kicks are going to be the deciding factor i feel like in this fight he has good takedown defense a lot of power and he is a bjj black belt if anyone didn't know that so a little tidbit about him uh Duryev, you know, he got, he's called a machete for a reason. He did lose to Buckley, sure. He should be wary of kicks because for some reason, I don't know why, but when I watched tape, I saw him get, like, demolished by a lot of kicks. Tries to shoot a lot, you know, obviously has kicks of his uh, self, and then obviously walks forward a lot, decent chin, sub, and strike ability. I just think that Chitty has a lot more to offer in this fight, so that's why I have him, and he is a lock, so he's the favorite for this fight. Okay, well, we're on the other side here, which is okay. Sometimes okay. we disagree on this show. <laughs> it's, it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. I like Albert Durayev. I think he slows things down. One of my favorite betting spots on this fight is fight starting round two. That's at minus 170. It's probably where I end up parlaying. So, People be like, why are you going to parlay props? Well, here's the thing. You can parlay Chitty at minus 175. That's only, you know, a few units or a few decimals off minus 170. Um, you could play Albert Durev to win at plus 145 and get even better return. But if they just can survive one round, they're both pretty durable. They're good fighters. Mm -hmm. I like that spot. Um, beyond that, I am picking Durev to win. I think he can do enough wrestling. I think he could test Chitty's gas tank. And, um, but I do like Shitty Ninja Kwani personally, like the way this guy rolls, his, his voice is deep as hell. It's, <laughs> he should do like some movie shit. Cause his voice sounds like he's got a, a voice changer in there. Um, but you mentioned the kickboxing background. You mentioned the length. He's, he's violent. If he, if he hits Dorev, it could be lights out one shot. Um, and Dorev, you know, one thing about him before I wrap this up, he, he was on a winning streak before that loss he had where he, his eye got swollen, mm -hmm. right? The fight stopped. Mm -hmm. he, he's fought some okay guys. He's going to be much shorter, but I think he pulls it off. Plus 145 dog. It'll be the first dog I'm taking on the on the main card. So. Okay, moving on up to Manal Cop versus Alex Perez. Why don't you take the floor again? You do such a good, nice, eloquent intro. You kind of summarize everything nice and doesn't she do a good job, guys? Give her. Oh, a hand. thank you, thank you so much, Manny. Well, here's the thing: this fight, I believe, is not going to go to distance. Now, a couple of factors. Now, I actually like both fighters for different reasons. Alex Perez, honestly, one of the most well-rounded flyweights that I've ever seen. Wants to get back into the win column. Obviously, yeah. he had losses to both Figgy and Pantoja, which is commendable because they're obviously the best in in that division. Was on a three-fight win streak. Like I said, was super well-rounded with his leg kicks, his punches. Uh, he does shoot for the takedown. He does have BJJ skill, which is going to be super important in this fight. His subs includes an arm triangle, which I love to do on my spare time when I practice BJJ, anaconda chokes, and the darts. And then when it came to manual cop, He's called Starboy for a reason. He's on a three-fight win streak. Those flying knees and those strikes are obviously super flashy. A lot of fans love watching him fight. Mm -hmm. 
and when it when he gets it going he can throw a lot of great combos he has the speed advantage in my opinion in this fight head movement is really good leg kicks and finishing power which is going to be the reason why i have him you know winning by ko or tko do you have any comments about that right there that saba wrote that uh, there was some beef between perez and cop at the way and i didn't i didn't see that did you see that yeah, I unfortunately just caught a few of the highlights from the weigh-in, so I didn't see that, but I can see why there's that beef, you know, they're both trying to fight for a higher position, you know, number one or, or number two contention spot in the division, so I can see why there is that animosity. Yeah, I didn't see that, guys, but, you know, Saba Saba's based out of Belgium, I believe I'm right on that, mm-hmm. right, Saba, so Saba's other side of the world in essence this man is sharp he is uh i don't think he does any like he doesn't do any publications of his work he's just a really mm-hmm. sharp ass fan who who tends to know things and then his betting tips are always really good <laughs> this guy's smart oh good for him <laughs> yeah saba if you're not following monique follow her on on twitter on instagram and I'll post that here in the video description for you guys later on. But otherwise, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, I might tell you how to follow her. She might be on my friends list. You might see Monique <laughs> up there. So, um, yeah, anyway, let's um, move up the card here. Next fight's going to be uh, – oh, by the way, I didn't give my take. So I, I do like Manel Cop to win, just so I could tell you. I, I think he is um, – he is very athletic. I wonder sometimes fighter IQ. That's an area that I do have Perez having a little bit of an edge in. Um, but Manel Cop is is explosive. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, yeah. So I'm, anyway, I'm not wasting our time on this. I am going to be playing him to win. I, I think the KO prop's interesting. The second round KO prop for Manel Cop is plus nine hundred. So I'm going to say something that's going to sound really cheesy, but when I'm not sure about when someone's going to finish someone, I just go at round two. And it's just mathematics on this, right? I just go right in the damn middle. Because if you're not sure they're going to finish someone early and you're like, well, I don't know if they can do it late, just just take the, take the round two prop. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I think round two is where Manel Cop ends up fighting the finish, fighting the finish against Perez. But um, should be a good fight. And do not underestimate Perez. I think a lot of people are underestimating Perez here. So Yeah, they definitely shouldn't. That's for sure. He's up there for sure. Yep, yep. All right, next fight. And I have a lot to say about this fight, so I'm going to let you talk about it first. Flyweight fight, 125-pounders, Macy, the future barber, versus Andrea Lee coming off of uh, a few interesting fights, but she is 10 years older, so 34-year-old Andrea Lee fighting Barber 24. What's your take on this fight? I want to hear the ladies' take on the first exciting of the two women's fights in the card, right? You know, it's funny. When I do my show, Fights Unwrapped, on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, we pretty much uh, like secured the fact that I was the women's MMA expert. You know, not just because I'm a woman, but just for for some reason, I just happen to be the expert at women's MMA. So I guess this is going to be my take on can, this fight. We can, so we can give her a hand. Okay, give her a oh, hand. Thank you. <laughs> when it Very comes to Andrea Lee, I think that, you know, she's obviously trying to get back in the win column. Lost to Araujo, uh by decision, was on a two-fight win streak before. Lost to really high-level fighters such as Roxanne Mataferi, Joanne Wood, Lauren Murphy. She does have a few subs up her sleeve. She has had the triangle and the armbar against Shevchenko, uh, Antonia Shevchenko, for people that don't know what I'm talking about. Decent striking, <laughs> a lot of front kicks, takedowns are okay. Takedown defense is pretty decent, but she needs to grapple in this fight, like heavy, because if you're going to face someone against like Macy Barber, who's on a three-fight win streak, you know, give or take mid-level fighters that she's faced, uh, she's now with Team Alpha Male, so I think she moved out to Cali. If, if people yes. didn't know that, yeah. So that's a little she's, tip. She's a gym yeah. hopper, though. She's a bit of a gym hoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly, yes. Yeah. So just saying, there might be some improvements in her game, especially with takedown defense, because she has been taken down by the likes of some of the best uh, fighters in that division before a lot of wins by decision. Uh, obviously she wants to avenge her loss against Alex Grasso, Alexa Grasso, who is the current 
women's flyweight champion. She gets really hard. Obviously, that's probably the most obvious take that you can make about her if you've ever seen her fight. Her striking is pretty good. She has that ground and pound, those kicks. The elbows and the clinch are obviously going to be a, a deciding factor in what happens in this fight. And very wary of grapplers, like I said before. So the fact that if Angela Lee can get this to the ground, she has a really good chance of winning. However, I think that Macy Barber edges her out. I think she's going to catch her with a few punches, and I can see either a TKO win or a decision win. My analysis right now is going to be tainted by the fact that I'm on my second glass of the white wine. The pregame was red wine, so I'm mixing. That's never a good idea. (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about Macy Barber. And I'm probably going to focus too much on her in this fight and and not enough on Andrea Lee. But I'll give you my take in that the obvious issues for Andrea Lee, she's 34 versus 24. You know, uh, she does look great for her age, right? She looks good. She kind of fools you. She looks younger than 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 she is. Not a lot of miles on the on the on the on the tires, though. Only 13 and six, you know, 19 total pro fights. Hasn't taken a complete beating. Has some fighter IQ. The narrative is what's really concerning me here. The narrative suggests that. Barbara's going to win the fight. And and I, I could point to all kinds of scenarios where, for for example, the Miranda Maverick fight, most people thought that Barbara lost the fight, but, you know, yeah, she gets to win. Um, I, I've talked to two fighters who told me that Macy Barber tends to get privilege, you know, special treatment within mm-hmm. the UFC. Um, you know, I don't know how much that, that carries over to a judge, for example. I just know that when she fought Maverick, and she pretty much lost a fight. They gave it to Maverick. Um, So I'm really concerned about betting Andrea Lee with any kind of, like, seriousness. Like, at plus 220 range, plus 200 for Andrea Lee, yeah, put 50 bucks on that. It's it's a good spot. Bet it. It'll probably be close. If you lose by split decision, you're going to be a little frustrated, but still, it's it's a good bet. Um, Even better would be, like, Lee by by decision is plus 285. Uh, Macy Barber by decision at minus 125. So... I, I just have this thing, right? You know what Macy Barber is to me as as a casual mixed martial artist, media journalist, uh, YouTuber, whatever I am here, right? Macy Barber is, she was the girl that when I was like in middle school or high school that she was pretty, right? She was pretty. I, I acknowledged in my head, you're, you're pretty cute, but I just didn't like you. And I didn't like you because you were kind of pretty and maybe a little snobby too. And I, I would pretend like I don't think you're pretty. And I would even be like, you know, go out of my way to be like, oh yeah, she's, I don't, I don't even like her. But I acknowledge, I'm like, you know, she is pretty good and she is pretty good looking. So I had this weird mental block with Macy Barber. Um, She is attractive physically. Um, I do know there's issues between the ears, meaning like how how she how she reacts to everything. And her daddy has kind of been hands on. There's a lot going on there. I don't think she ever becomes like a champion. I I never see that happening. I think Mm -hmm. she's a good fighter. There's a ceiling there. There's a lot between going on between her ears. Um, yeah, I, I just I think she's very overrated. This line is out of control. So the sharp betters would be playing Andrea Lee. That's where I would be playing Lee, you know, by decision. By the way, over two and a half minus two fifty. That's like gonna be a parlay. So like I would parlay, for example, over two and a half at minus two fifty instead of parlaying Macy Barber minus two seventy five. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think that, you know, I do think she is a little bit overrated. It's just that the fact that she hits harder, and I don't know if Andrea Lee has that kind of fight IQ to go and put this fight to the ground. That's what kind of concerns me. That's the reason why I picked Macy Barber, especially because with Team Alpha Male, I'm not the biggest fan of their camp and their gym, but they they know what they're doing. They produce some really good fighters out there, so, you know, you just... You kind of just have to trust that your pick is going to win at the end of the day. Yeah, and the comments here are, are really smart. Tommy Unders, thanks for joining us here. Uh, Bavato, he's got Bavado lines right there and what's going on. Uh, the SM show uh, writes in here, I think Andrea Lee uh, gets done. She's my underdog of the card. Listen, I, I think that if she were to win, no one should be surprised. I mean, <laughs> there's... <laughs> I'm going to sound like I'm so anti Macy Barber and I'm not, I I just, I told you she's the cute girl. I'm middle school. I'm like, you know, she's hot. I just don't want to acknowledge it. Um, And she's a good fighter. But do you recall the fight when she, she like a thousand air jabs, 
I forgot who she was fighting. Oh, Grasso. It was the Grasso fight. It was the Grasso fight, yeah. I mean, you could tell she was intimidated. And I sense, I'm going to give you my, my, my last little psychology here on Macy Barber. Some fighters, they walk into the cage and they are, there's a level of fear, but there's also some excitement. And and after you win or lose, there's always a bit of relief. No matter what anyone tells you, there's a bit of relief. You know, the, the, the craziness calms down, okay? Um, but she fights with a bit of fear that's a little bit more than most fighters. And you can see it. You can sense it in mm-hmm. almost everything she does. Little footnote would be how she responded in the press conference after Miranda, Miranda Maverick and her fought. Media members were, were being nice about it, but were just basically asking her, like, do you really think you won that fight? And and her insecurity overflowed. She was like, oh, I, I, it just she couldn't she couldn't give you like a one or two liner. She couldn't be cool like a Sean Strickland and say, hey, it was close. Honestly, I don't you know, I didn't think I won either, but I'll take it. Do you know how how much better that would have sounded? It would have just been like, I'm cool with it. Instead, she defended herself and was like, I won. I, I thought I, you know, it's like you didn't win the fight, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've caught her air jabbing for a long period of time, so I just question a lot about what she offers. Overrated. We got to move on. I talked about her way too much, but um, yeah, my pick will be Andrew Lee to win the fight. A little bit of upset. So, next fight: Austin Lingo, Nate Landwehr. Let's make it fast on this one so we can stay on time. What's your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, this is going to be my dog of the fight. Well, I think Pineda is also my dog, but because the odds are a little bit better for Austin Lingo, so that's why I picked him as my dog pick of the fight night. He's called Lights Out for a reason, but it's funny because he wins a lot of decisions. Uh, (laughs) So it's just kind of ironic how that happens. He's super well-rounded. I think he's super underrated. A lot of people don't know who he is right now. He hasn't fought, you know, the the best of the best yet. Uh, Nate Landwehr has fought better competition as of lately. So Austin Lingo, you know, he's striking. He has that jab. When it comes to subs, he has the rear naked choke and the guillotine on a two-fight win streak right now with the takedown defense which is pretty good and he needs to you know utilize those body shots more often I feel like and I think that will be his saving grace now when it comes to Nate Landwehr like I'm not the biggest fan of him a lot of people are like oh but he's the train he's unstoppable you know that's not true (laughs) I I don't think so I think that even though he is also on a two-fight win streak even though he has a Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that if you watch enough film on Landwehr, you'll see him get finished. He, he's definitely stoppable. <laughs> you there? We're just a little frozen. Can yeah, you hear me now? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, when it comes to the sub abilities, I know he's you know put on Anaconda chokes against Klein. He's really slow to set up the subs, which I'm really, really concerned about if I was betting him. Uh, he did win a decision against Onama, but a lot of people can say that's a little bit controversial. He has decent striking and the decent cl- uh, clinch game and obviously takedown defense, which is pretty obvious. But I still think that Austin Lingo is going to be my dog in this fight. I think that he's going to get it done by decision. I don't think he's going to finish Landwehr, but, you know, anything could happen, right? So... We shall see, and this fight is going to be really interesting to me. Hopefully, I win my bet. We did not share notes uh, pre-show. We 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 shared only our schedule, right? So what we would be talking about, but we didn't tell what our picks were. I also like like Lingo. Um, I think Lingo can definitely win the fight. He's twenty eight, six years younger. I think Nate Landwehr is super exciting. That last fight with Onama was just hilarious. It was wild. It was mm-hmm. just exciting but that can't be every fight it's a it's a reckless fighting style like you were describing um the unders here look good like the fight not going to decision at minus 160 i like it because it's like if nate landwehr does go crazy and finishes lingo okay if nate landwehr gets just absolutely just cracked at some point which he's done like he's gotten just completely cracked right away mm-hmm. uh julian arosa did that to him yeah i mean so i like the unders here but the decision prop you mentioned by Lingo at plus 550, that's that's great. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a method, right? He just hangs in there. He's more patient, more technical. Uh, Langwer gets exhausted, trying spinning stuff, trying stuff that's silly, and kind of maybe finishes himself a little bit, right? Langwer's the kind of guy he could finish himself, in essence. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's just kind of his MO. Okay, moving up the card, co-main event, Holly Holm, the legendary Holly Holm, the I should have mentioned before, Macy Barber signed a, a six-fight deal extension, and so did Holly Holm. And when I heard that, that was after my breakdown, after my videos were out, after all my stuff was published, and I was like, shit. I know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, okay, th that means they're probably going to win. Oh, my goodness. You know, so, um, yeah, six-fight deal. She talked about it in her press conference. She's very elegant. I, I, I Nothing to ever say bad about Holly Holm. Mm -hmm. Um Supposedly she had an affair with John Jones, but you know, I think I think that would actually elevate her legacy. It's oh like, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying that's how I would see that. You know, I mean, she's a single woman. Um, but on a serious note, 41 years old, uh, Father Time is is undefeated. Um, at some point, it will become an issue. I thought some of her defects were starting to show in the recent fights. I, I for example, when she fought against. Is it Vieira recently? Ketlin. She fought against Ketlin Vieira and a fight that like I thought she won and it went to split and then she lost. But that's not necessarily the point in this fight. For us talking about this fight, the point is it was close. The point is that Holly Holm there five years ago would have just beaten Ketlin Vieira. It wouldn't have been a fight. Um, <laughs> but we see the, now the, the, the chinks in the armor. We see what Valentina Shevchenko showed us a few fights ago and 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 people just weren't paying attention and I wasn't either. Um, so I'm learning from those lessons. I think Holly Holm, even if she were to win, you're going to make more money fading Holly Holm in her next few fights than than betting on her. And I think mm -hmm. here's where it starts. I think you definitely got to fade her here. Yana Santos had a baby. We get it. It's not her first child. She's a grown-ass woman. She, she's he's also married to a former UFC fighter who's now in the PFL, you know, was, was back to training as soon as possible. Took the amount of time that she needs to take off. I think she does just enough here to keep it close. And at plus 200 the main line, there's a lot of value there. Fight going, like, like fight starting round three, that prop's a little chalky, but I'm on that. Over two and a half, going the distance, all those props are attractive to me. And then, of course, split props. If you want to play a split prop on both sides or maybe just fight goes to a split, those are attractive for me too. But 41 years old, man, it's just a bit much. Floor's yours. What do you think? You know what? Honestly, like I'm not too worried about her age right now. Even though she did sign a six fight win, uh, sorry, six fight uh, deal Winning with streak? She signed yeah, a win. Is that what it is? Oh my god, I, I didn't know <laughs> that was narrative. Great. Oh my god, that would be that would be great. Uh, here's the thing. You know, Glover Teixeira was about in the same age as her, and he won the title. You know, at around that same age, so it's not impossible. You know, to, to win a title at the age of 40. Uh, I think Stephen Miocic, you know, is going to fight for a title probably against John Jones. And he's probably, I think he is 40. So I, I think the age doesn't, you know, uh, affect it too much. What made me pick Holly Holm in this fight was her resume. You know, we're talking Ronda Rousey, Beth Cohesia, Jermaine Durandamine, Misha Tate. Valentina Shevchenko, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, Yana Santos hasn't really fought uh, much higher competition. And obviously, I think Holly Holm is just the more well-rounded fighter overall. And she's in great shape, as we all know. So that's the reason why I picked her to win. You know, when you say it that way, um, and you are the female correspondent on female <laughs> MMA, so I, I, you know, I, I almost feel like I have to change my pick. Um, it's too late now. I already have action. You have to, I can't withdraw my pick now, but um, we will have to agree to disagree. Yes. And um, we'll move on to the main event. Corey Sanhagen, I like saying it that way. I feel like it's like Hagen dazs like Hagen dazs ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he should get sponsored. If he gets sponsored by Hagen dazs do you know what could that could do for us? That'd be amazing. Did, did, did I just think of something? Did I just have a, a oh, smart, yeah. like a light bulb just went off? Corey Sanhagen, right? Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Ooh. If you're not drinking white wine tonight, it's okay. If you're drinking something red, if you're drinking some beer, maybe you're just even drinking a cold beer, whatever it is. Like BC Dave, for example. BC Dave is in the chat, and he says a very important thing for everyone to do. He's got a public service announcement. It's to make sure you like, like and subscribe. Follow <laughs> Monique. Uh, you'll find her on the socials, Instagram, and on Twitter. If you, if you can't find her right away, um, follow me. And then maybe I'll give you permission to follow her. <laughs> I'm just joking. But if you follow me or on Twitter, you'll find us even corresponding or liking or retweeting stuff. She's everywhere. She's great. 
BC Dave, you're the man. BC Dave, can you answer me one question? Are you and Ronge recording tonight? Because if you are, drop me the uh, the link and I'll join you guys at some point when we're done here because I love hanging out with you guys. You guys are awesome. It's always like R-rated over there though. It's all it's not P it's not it's not PC. It's not correct. Okay. It's all it's off the rails. Um anyway, so let's get back to uh this fight. Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Vera. What are your thoughts? All yours. Okay, so originally, originally, when I did fight analysis, I had my thoughts set on Corey Sanhagen because of his unorthodox but technical kind of striking style. Obviously, those kicks are incredible. You know, the wins against Marlon Morales, Frankie Edgar, people can't forget those. Those were highlight reels. And so that's why I thought I had him winning this fight. Then I realized, you know, Cheeto Vera probably has the better fight IQ. He's super underrated as a fighter on a four-fight win streak, which is super impressive for the bantamweight division. Uh, underrated, like I said, he has wins over Frankie Edgar, Font, Cruz, Sugar Sean O'Malley, as many people don't want to think about. But you know what? He did win against him. So, you know, just tough cookies when it comes to that. And he looks better. Every single time he fights. So I definitely have Cheeto Vera winning this fight. But at, if okay, if so- Corey Sanhagen somehow knocks him out or something like that, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised at all. But I think Vera is smart. I think he's going... And, and they're both very like long and lanky kind of guys too yes. in that division, right? So that might not serve as an advantage, even though Corey probably has that advantage because of his height. But... You know, at the end of the day, I think that Cheeto Vera, like, he's going to play a very smart game. He's going to win by points, and I think he's probably going to get the decision win. But that's just me. I still think I like Corey Sanhagen, but I have to choose one fighter at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I do like Sanhagen to win, but it's just based upon the math and numbers. I, I Like, my heart wants to go with Cheeto. I, I, his whole story and, and most people know about his story and his daughter and everything, his family. And just, you know, it's, he's exciting to watch. Um, he's a bit of an underdog in life. All that stuff is attractive. But I think if you look at the numbers, Sanhagen is landing more, has, has a better striking percentage in terms of output versus what he's receiving. I just think he could do enough here to win the fight over the long haul. Um, it is in Texas, right? It is in Texas. And, Cheeto, being that he's like, you know, Mexican-American, is probably going to get maybe a little more love from the fans. Does that have any impact on what you're thinking? Yeah, he's actually from Ecuador, by the way, just so anybody else who... <laughs> Did I just say that? Did I just say that? I, I was thinking I that, that he you're ain't like... Mexican, man. He's, he's from Ecuador. <laughs> Jeez, I just said that. Wow. It's Violation. all good, man. That's why you have me on the show. That's why you have me on the show, you know? So. Violation. Well, I think the Latin American f- flavor will be on his side. How about that? You know, oh yeah, for the, sure. The Latin American fans, they'll they'll adopt him for the night. Um, he's Spanish speaking. But but again, seriously, on that note, do you think it has any imp- impact on how judges, judges hear it or or see it if if the fans are kind of more in his favor and it's a close fight? Mm, honestly, the judges have been kind of iffy, like the UFC judges, I mean, not through every promotion. I just think that the UFC judges, for some reason, they sometimes get it wrong. So if it goes to decision, like if it goes to Sanhagen or if it goes to Vera, like, you know, it'll probably be, you know, a very controversial decision. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Dave, you know exactly how I roll, Dave. Dave's like, you just put all these people into one boat. Well, I'm Puerto Rican, so I can do that a little bit, okay? I'm in the same boat (laughs) with all the Mexicans. All the Ecuadorians and the Peruvians and all of them, but thank you. I have a, a nice co-host here who knows her shit. So, <laughs> um, if I could say one last thing on UFC uh, San Antonio, my like they're not locks; they're more like parlay pieces, right? And so they're in the newsletter. They're the spots where I'm like, I feel so confident I could put them with anything. I could probably them with like a an NBA basketball game this weekend or a hockey game. Uh, for me, it would be Lux to win outright. I think no matter how this thing shakes down, he will get the win here over Pineda. The same fight, Lutz versus Pineda, the fight does not go the distance. That's minus 210. Barber versus Lee, the fight going over two and a half rounds at minus 250. I I just think no matter what happens here, though I think Barber has finishing ability, it was way, way long time ago, and it hasn't been recently. 
mm-hmm. and she's just too tentative. I think she's trying to win fights by on scores. She, she's a little, a little hesitant. I think she's a little scared at times. And Lee is not really a finisher. I don't think she's going to you know, overrun Barbara here. So they're over two and a half, a minus 250. I like that. Then the last spot is the main event, Vera versus Sanhagen. The fight starting round three at minus 350. Those are all spots I feel comfortable parlaying in some way, shape, or form. But um, I'm excited to see the card. I'm looking forward to it. It's been pulled apart a little bit, but it's still going to give us a nice card on Saturday. And are you watching it live? Yeah, uh, I will be trying to watch it live. I think the prelims are starting 30 minutes earlier because of the fact that two of the fights were pulled from that card so we'll okay. see i do have a bjj earlier in the day so hopefully after that i can uh, swing by and watch the prelims because they're they're gonna be exciting you know i think that this card even though people say like i don't really know people from this card like a lot of casuals don't really know a lot of the fighters from the card and i i get that and you, you should definitely keep your eyes open because i think there's a lot of close matchups Yes, yes. And so now we will segue into PFL Europe or the PFL Europe tournament. And if I could just educate everybody here, um, because I was surprised to learn about what this is. And the PFL has so much going on right now that it's kind of hard to understand all of it. And if you're not really like in the game and following it as close as maybe we are, you may not understand what it is. So it's okay. Don't don't feel like you're confused or you're not alone. Put it this way. We're, we're finding out this information as well the last few days. PFL has a regular season. You guys know about that, right? They fight the whole year, then finals, playoffs, whatever. They have the Challenger Series, which is just wrapped up. Eight weeks of just fighters trying to get in there, like Contender Series for Dana White. That just wrapped up. This is the PFL Europe Tournament. Just European-only fighters fighting over the course of this year. The winner for each weight class will win $100,000, and then maybe they'll get a chance to then move into the PFL regular season next year. Um, mm. so that's how this works. They'll be going like from Belgium to like Germany to London. The finals are in Dublin. And so I believe it's like a soccer world cup. You can lose a fight, right? But you could still, mm. you know, like keep going forward. And the first leg of that tournament is going to be on Saturday here in uh, London. So does that make sense? That add up to you guys? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hope you guys get it. So on this card, we're going to have three prelim fart, farts, not farts, fights, three, three <laughs> prelim fights. Um, we're going to have Lewis Monarch, uh, uh, Oscar Onsworth, uh, Lewis Lee Scott, Sam Robinson, Lewis McGrillen, Evans, and, and Saley Kulikin. I didn't cover any of those fights. The lines are a little bit wide. The one that's actually close, I just didn't get to. So I'm going to skip that entire prelim card and go right into the main card, which is going to start with Valentina Scatizzi versus Lizzie Gevers. Um, had a chance to interview Lizzie Gevers this mm. week. So I'm very biased. Okay, it's tough. When I interview a fighter, that's it. All, all bets are off. At that point, just don't <laughs> even take my fucking advice. Ignore what I'm saying to you. Um, but I interviewed her. I, I thought, you know, interview was good. It was insightful. I like her fighting style. She's taller. She's longer. But her opponent, Valentina Scatizzi, is a good grappler, good wrestler, has submission ability. The face-offs are crazy. Valentina was like way up here, and 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 uh, Scatizzi was much shorter, but that could also help Scatizzi when it comes to wrestling, right? Um, so it could go either way. It's lined to go either way. It's like minus one ten, minus one twenty, going back and forth. I like Lizzie Gevers to win the fight by decision. The over two and a half at minus two ten. The fight going to decision at minus one seventy five. Those are the spots I think are more even confident in, just that covers you both sides, right? Have you looked at this fight? Oh, yeah. I looked more so on your notes, and I think that even though Skatizi is really grapple-heavy, and I tend to be biased towards that, I think that the fact that you said that on the feet she has the height and the reach advantage, she can neutralize the ground attack, so I'm guessing that means, you know, takedown defense. Mm -hmm. So I think that Gevers has a lot more to offer in this fight, even though... Skatizi, if it gets goes to the ground, you know, Gevers might be in danger, but I think she's probably going to make sure that never happens. And judging by your interview, she seems really confident in her camp and yeah. the people around her that support her. So, you know, hopefully she wins her fight. And she trained in the United States for a while at Black House and just, you know, seemed to really be, you know, well-rounded. So, yeah, let, let's go. 
Let's go, Gevers. Come on. And by the way, they pronounce her last name in some kind of way. I can't even I don't even know how they I don't know. They it didn't sound like Gevers, but it was something weird during the press conference. And oh, by the way, can I say this? The press, not press conference, the the face-offs. Did you see any of this stuff for PFL? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Oh, it was so awkward. It was so awkward. And I, I felt I felt like I wanted to peek at it when I was watching it by myself in my office. I'm like, oh, that's so cringe. There was so many <laughs> awkward moments. And um, and what's his name? The guy, the uh, the guy Hardy. Dan Hardy was the was the Dana White. He was the guy in the middle. And yeah. I, I mean, I get it. He just signed with the PFL in some way, shape, or form. I'm he's he's the operation of fighters in uh, PFL Europe. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I feel like this, and I'm I'm saying this with all the respect in my Ricky Bobby voice. I feel like with the PFL, they're just all over the place. They're just doing so much. They got, you know, Jake Paul over here and, 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 and I, yeah, it's just so much. It's kind of getting confusing. And now we got Dan Hardy good for them, but like now he's got fighters in front of him and I'm just too much, a lot going on. (laughs) Anyway, we have 13 minutes left. We have to move things along here to not fall behind time. So on this main card, let me tell you this. I like, Cornelia Holm at plus 180. I think she's going to beat Marta. I mentioned before fighters who look older than they are. Marta looks very slow. I know she fought Putalova, went to split decision. I think Cornelia Ham wins the f- home, wins the fight, gets on top of her, eats up the clock at range. Marta's not very good. I like her as a dog. Moving up the card, uh, Ladero at plus 375. This guy's a submission monster, especially first round. Anthony Salomon is a good fighter, but at minus 500, that's dangerous. Don't parlay this dude. Trust me on this one. Ladero by submission at plus 600 is something I'll be sprinkling. I like him in that spot. Next female fight in the main card, Greet Eckhout versus Mafalda Carmona. Um, I like Greet here. I like her a lot. What are your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, you know, Greet is, she named herself the Pain Apple, which I thought was a little <laughs> bit funny if you like puns, you know. Yes. She has the cardio, Her she has a lot of grit, you know, when I uh, analyzed her tape and looked at some of your notes. Uh, she has those takedowns, her pace and pressure are pretty good, and I think she wins by decision against uh, Carnona. And I, I know she, she's been losing, or she, she's been winning against people with losing records, and she's been losing against people with winning records. So, I mean, it doesn't look very good for her in this fight. So, I'm just trusting your word in this and probably <laughs> picking uh, Greed to win. Yeah, I think the wrong fighter is favored here. I, I do think Greed's better. I feel like she's got um, the tools to win. Not amazing fighter, but in this matchup, she has the skills to win. Uh, next fight, Jacob Nadoa versus Ricardo Nasiglia. Nadoa at minus 550. Super chalky, but he should win. The face-offs were like there was one guy, Jacob Nadoa looked like a, a man, huge. And then Ricardo looked like 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 I don't know, like just wasn't up for the challenge, was smaller, his shoulders were rolled in. This guy Nadoa looks like the real deal. I think he wins, but to increase the odds in your favor or giving better payout, the into the distance prop for Jacob Nadoa is where I'm gonna be at minus two seventy-five. Any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, it's funny because uh, Nasiglia's nickname is Walking Dead, but he's been flatlined three times in under two rounds. So I thought that was that was fucking hilarious <laughs> when I was analyzing this fight. And uh, so Nadoa has that TKO power. He hits really hard, really good striker, and his wrestling is cleaner, like you said. So I can see him winning by TKO any day. Yeah, yeah. Co-main event, Dakota Decheva versus Malin or Malin uh, Hermanson. Dakota's like minus 2,000, minus 1,800. Definitely crazy price tag on a fighter who's still very experienced. She should win, though. Fight not going to decision at minus 325. I like that spot. Dakota Decheva to win any kind of way inside the distance at minus 265. That's the spot I'm going to play. I think she does finish Malin at some point. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, she's undefeated technically, and her nickname is Dangerous, which I totally agree with. Uh, she has that volume, pre- uh, pressure, and pace. Those three factors are going to be key in this fight, and she's probably going to win by an easy KO, probably in the first round. No offense yeah. to her, Manson. Yeah, yeah I, totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Now, main event, I'll tell you this. Another fight you want to be careful parlaying Simeon Powell, because even though I think he's the more talented fighter, 
up to now, and he's undefeated. He's getting the hype and all that stuff. He has shown moments of not being great, and his one fight where he won in round three with like 30 seconds to go, I think it was like Williams or I forgot the guy who was fighting, but the point is I've seen him fight some weak opponents so far in the PFL. He's had three fights in the PFL. All of them were like lower level, smaller guys, and at times he didn't look amazing. He ended up you know, winning the long distance battle and prospering and getting the win, but I just I feel like at minus five fifty it's a trap, and so I think instead look at the fight like distance props or even Muhammad Amin by decision at plus nine hundred. I'm playing that prop because I think over the long haul it can go to a close fight. Maybe Muhammad's a little fresher and wins by points. So any thoughts here? Yeah, like you said, even though Powell seems like the more well-rounded fighter, you weren't really impressed with a lot of his performances, obviously, because you probably found some holes and weaknesses that he can be exposed to. And I think that Amin has that chance of doing that. His kickboxing and striking power is there. And uh, it's just that he has low-level grappling, so that might be a factor in this fight, especially if Powell decides to change the levels, which he might. So, you know... I'm definitely on your side, leaning towards decision, Powell. Uh, I honestly, not not to be like, seem like sexist or anything, but I feel like the girls from before with uh, Dakota should be the main event. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, there is, you know, in the UFC and so many different promotions, they really bypass a lot of the women's MMA. So I'm kind of sick of it, and especially when they deserve. Someone like Dakota deserves to be the main event. No offense to yes. Simon Powell. It's just like it's night and day when it comes to the performances. So I'm just saying, you know, give women a chance to be in the main event. And you know what? Mess around. This guy might lose in the main event, pal. He's being overhyped. He might yeah. lose. And he may, or even if he wins, he may have a close decision win, whereas Dakota's going to have the flashy knockout finish. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you, like you would want in the main event. Good point. Good point. With about 10 minutes to go, guys, I'm going to jump right into Cage Warriors. That happened today already. If you're watching tonight on the replay on – or not replay, but it's just airing in the States a little bit later tonight on um, UFC Fight Pass. There's also one championship right now going on, but I didn't look at that. I'll probably watch that after I'm done here with uh, with you, Monique. But let's talk about the results of Cage Warriors because it started off great for me. I had a hot card going. Things were great. You know, the entire prelim card, I got every – fighter right picked and then main card starts off that's going well main event first of all main event willie curry or will curry i call him willie will curry minus 380 to minus 480 favorite depending on what book you had over mike stan stan's an old man 36 years old not super talented has some grappling whatever and will curry comes out there round one looks great takedown submission attempts you know looks dominant Round two comes out again. Looks just much better than Stanton. But then, like, halfway through round two, starts making terrible grappling mistakes. Has the back, but then gets reversed. Starts showing signs of fatigue. Round three and four definitely go to Stanton. Round five goes to Curry, for sure. I thought he did enough to win, actually. But the judges gave it to Stan, And Mr. Curry just crushed all the last parts of my parlay. And my chances to have a positive night for cage words so yeah did you watch this fight at all you know what's funny i did catch the results for the first show more than the second and honestly first show kind of impressed me more uh andrew sanchez with that heel hook was unbelievable i mean i watched that highlight like i don't even know how many times so you know that was really impressive and then i don't know if i'm gonna pronounce this right but kind of socus with the sub triangle which is one of my favorites to do in bjj so i mean that was really cool to see and he slept him with that triangle so i mean i i'm a sucker for a good submission so you're gonna see a lot of my favorite picks are going to be submissions manny if you don't see the trend from now on <laughs> well that that submission there by uh his first name also say it very carefully it's naglas i want to make sure i say that correctly naglas this gentleman yeah he, he's got he's got a cut in his forehead he, he's taken a few good punches here from from Michael, but then you're right. He's going. He's looking for the triangle. He's he's a, he's uh, adjusting, looking for an arm bar. Next thing you know, he gets the triangle off his back, and then it was a matter of time, and he gets the, the tap. And uh, yeah, beautiful submission. At that point in the card, I was feeling myself because I had Sam, <laughs> I had Sam Kelly on the undercard to win minus one eighty. I'm like, great. 
uh, had Andrew Sanchez to not just win, but win under under two and a half and into the distance. I'm like, great. Uh, Sean DeSilva, underdog on the, on the prelim card, slight dog, plus 120. He wins. I'm like, great. Matthew Bonner wins. Uh, Matthew Byfield wins. First fight on the prelim on the main card, Nagas wins. I'm like, great. Now, Stipe uh, Bursic, Bursic, I don't know how to say that last name, versus jo- Johanneton um, or Johanneta Silva. That fight, I chose Stipe to win at minus 180. He was winning until round three gets finished. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have known then the night was going to probably start going sour. Now, next fight, Sadari wins. I had him to win. That was comfortable. No big deal. He's minus 420 favorite. Easy spot. The co-main event, I had a half unit on Albert Diaz to win at plus 190. And when he won, I was like, this is great. We're going to finish the night positive. And I had Will Curry tied up in just too much stuff. I had Will mm-hmm. Curry tied up in one or two parlays too many. I made that mistake. And he did enough to lose, even though I kind of still think he maybe won that last round was enough to win the fight. And the commentators were saying that he won. Ultimately, he falls short. And there goes our night. We finished like negative 0.5 units. It wasn't anything big, but it still yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens, you know. That's why we, we, we bring ourselves up and then we go into the next fight card and we do it all over again to win back that money. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Um Two people I want to shout out here. Addicted to combat. What's up, dude? I saw your um, your weightlifting. He he does powerlifting, and he posted some videos on on um, on Twitter. Like legit, this guy's a he's a he's a monster. Like heavyweight powerlifter. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to you, addicted. That was some awesome videos. Ice Viking. If you want to know how to follow Eminem, which is you know Monique and Manny, it's mm-hmm. right here every Friday night from eight p.m. to nine p.m. Eastern time. We'll talk about the week that's coming up, weekend of coming, sorry, coming up in mixed martial arts. We'll in, unveil a new bottle of wine. Um, it'll be the choice of Monique to unveil that bottle of whatever wine we're drinking, and she'll talk about the background of the wine and so on and so on. But every Friday night, you can find us here. In terms of finding Monique on the socials, Monique Yip is on Twitter. She's on Instagram. To find her there, just you know, go ahead and follow us on MMA Fight Club at Twitter or Instagram. You'll, you'll see I'm following her, so on and so forth. You guys might even just find her by yourself, Monique Yip. On that note, Monique, tell us where we can find you, what you're doing, what's going on next week, what's going on this weekend on our outro. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Where do I start? Okay, let's start with my socials, my personal socials. So if anybody is on Twitter, you can follow me at Monique Yip. If you're on Instagram, you can follow me at at FemFatal88. So that's my Instagram handle. And then when it comes to the week coming ahead, I have a show with a cjb ufc bets coming up on sunday it's a recorded show so it's not live so we release it around the afternoon times on sundays and then on mondays i'm going to be with uh gen z sports which is with one of my friends josh Linares and his buddy and anthony conover we're gonna go over ufc 287 which i've already done today with Cell at the sm show which he commented on your show uh earlier today so that was pretty cool and then when it comes to tuesday <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do and host my show which is fights unwrapped you can follow us on twitter facebook instagram twitch and youtube find us there and we air on tuesdays at 7 p.m eastern so thank you manny for the plug i'm sorry though it was a lot because you know how i fill up my schedule and you know i don't sleep like you do so <laughs> that's just how it is right now and I- i'm loving it so well, thank you so much for your time, Monique. This will be every, every Friday until now, until forever and ever. Um, mm-hmm. But seriously, every Friday night here with with Monique and myself, the Eminem couple for MMA Happy Hour. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you guys next Friday and have a wonderful night, Monique. Thank you. You too. Deuces. <laughs>